Did you notice how the disciples were really, really impressed by what they saw when they were looking at the temple? And they said to Jesus in Mark chapter 13, they said, Look, teacher, what massive stones, what magnificent buildings. The disciples, human beings like you and like me, were pretty caught up in what looked amazing. It seems that people in our day aren't too different. We're pretty caught up in looking amazing. It's how big the buildings are that we work in or go to church in or live in. It's the massive stones that we have on our fingers. It's the size of our income or the size of our closets or the cars that we drive or how many followers that we have on social media. We are impressed by stardom. And you ever notice when you look around the world that we live in, there are tons of people who have arrived and they are famous. We would consider them to be superstars. And there are many people that are superstars who have done amazing things, and for that they have gotten a lot of attention. Look what massive stones. Look what magnificent buildings. And yet, did you notice that more and more it seems to be that there's a lot of people out there that are famous for just being famous? Did you ever notice that? Like, there are people that are superstars that have literally done nothing with their life except being famous. Doing things to get a lot of attention, but not doing anything to make a difference in other people's lives. They're stars, yes, but for whom do they shine? What's the purpose of their shining? Stars. For whom do we shine? Well, in Daniel chapter 12, way back in the Old Testament, the prophet Daniel is speaking, and he prophesies with these words. He says, Multitudes will sleep in the dust of the earth, and they will awake. Some of them will awake to everlasting life, and others to shame and everlasting contempt. He had in mind as he looked at the world around him, Daniel did, that death would be the great equalizer. That as those words we hear when we begin the Lenten season, you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Or the words that pastors speak over the grave, ashes to ashes and dust to dust. Ultimately, every person, no matter how magnificent and impressive their life will be, is going to be humbled into the dust of the earth. We will die. We will be buried. Our physical earthly life will be over. As Jesus says, everything you see here will come tumbling down. Not one stone will be left on top of the other. It will all come down. In other words, as one person said, you never see a hearse driving to the cemetery carrying a U-Haul trailer with it. You can't take your stuff with you. You can't take your stones, your buildings with you. Your followers on social media will not be following you to the grave. Those who shine for the glory of themselves will lie in the dust of the earth like everybody else. But, Daniel says, those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens. 
And those who lead many people to righteousness will shine like the stars forever and ever. Do you see the difference? Do we shine for ourselves and for our glory? Or do we shine to lead other people to the source of their righteousness, their life, their forgiveness, who is Jesus Christ? And in so doing, that legacy, that light will shine forever and ever. For whom do we shine? Well, we are called, dear friends in Jesus, to shine like stars, the Bible says. And that means that we shine not for our own glory and for our own accolades and attention, but for the glory of Jesus. That the question is not how impressive I am, but how impressive Jesus is. And I want to impress upon other people how important he is in their lives, not to gain more followers for myself, but more followers for the Lord Jesus Christ. We are called to shine like stars, not for our own glory, but for the glory and the fame of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, how do we shine in our lives? What difference are we making in our lives today? Do we live so that other people will say, wow, how impressive and magnificent? Or do we live so that other people say, wow, Jesus has made a difference in their life? The Apostle Paul then in the New Testament, I think, is thinking about Daniel's words in the Old Testament when he's writing to the church at Philippi. And he's writing in Philippians chapter 2, and he says, Do everything without grumbling and complaining, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. So we might say that about the world we live in. Paul thought the same about his world 2,000 years ago. It's warped and it's crooked. But when you do things differently than the rest of the world does, and he just simply says, do everything without grumbling or arguing, then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. And so he says, will you lead people to yourself or will you lead many other people to Jesus? For those who lead many people to themselves will be humbled in the dust of the earth, but those who lead people to Jesus, their legacy will shine like stars forever and ever. And so we are called to do the latter, to hold on to Jesus by faith, and by faith to hold out the message of Jesus to others. And so shining like stars in the universe, we hold firmly to the word of life. That is the message of who Jesus Christ is as revealed in the scriptures. That we hold firmly to Jesus Christ by faith. That he is our anchor. He is our hope. That we say of him, he is my savior. He died for me. He rose again for me. He lives on high for me. And through faith in him, I am guaranteed of everlasting life with God. Hold firmly to Jesus. But as you do that, the other side of it is that you will hold Jesus out to other people. That if the good news is truly good news... If it truly is life-changing and difference-making, how can you not but want to hold it out and share it and extend it to other people so that they too may know who Jesus Christ is in their personal life? Now, Jesus says that that part of it is so important that we hold out the gospel message of Christ, that we make known Christ into all of the world, that he actually said that that is a part of what will happen before he comes again. 
Now, Mark chapter 13, Jesus is talking about the signs of the end times and things that will happen before the end of the world. And sometimes we, we hear all of these different things. There's going to be wars and rumors of wars. There will be earthquakes and famines in different places. Nations will rise against one another, and actually even families will rise against one another. Times of persecution and suffering for those who belong to Christ will increase. Those are all signs of the times. But did you notice in Mark 13, verse 10, another sign of the end time is this. And the gospel, that is the good news of Jesus, must first be preached to all nations. So before Jesus is to come again at the end of all things, he wants his message first to get into every corner of the world, that all nations should hear of Jesus, that all nations should be exposed to him who is the light of the world. Jesus also said the same thing in Acts chapter 1, right before he went back up into heaven. Do you remember he commissioned his church? He authorized his disciples to go and make him known in all of the world. And he said in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses. So his church is going to make him known. They will witness to what he had done through his life, his death, and his resurrection. And you will be my witnesses right here in Jerusalem, and then a little further out, he said, in, in Judea and Samaria, and even to the ends of the earth, to the far corners of the world. And the disciples couldn't fathom it, but it included Greenwood, Indiana, that the far corners of the world would be reached with the good news of Jesus because they were called to hold on to Jesus by faith and hold Jesus out, hold Jesus out so all the world may know. A few decades ago, there was one missionary of the gospel who took a look at the world and described what is called the 1040 window. And the 1040 window is a stretch, and those, those markings come from the, the latitudes uh, of, of the world, a stretch of the world pictured on the map here in orange, a large belt or a swath of, of the world that stretches from West Africa all the way to East Asia. And kind of like a belt around the world, and notice the, the proximity to the equator, is a portion of the world that is the most unreached with the gospel message. And so this missionary looked at those places that have been the hardest to reach with the good news of Jesus, those people who have had the least amount of access to the Christian message, and he described it as the 1040 window. Now, if you know your geography, there are some countries in there that by God's grace, we know his word is making a difference right now. I see the entire country of India in that 1040 window. And what great news it is to know that God's word is at work. We have been part of that mission in India. We're in a dominant Hindu culture that there are Christians that are learning of Jesus and sharing Jesus and more and more people believing and trusting in him. Uh, you can get online and read reports about what's happening in China. In China, where the government has put uh, blockade for the Christian message even coming in, 
the government won't report these numbers, of course, like other numbers they won't report, but the numbers of Christians believing in China is astronomical. That where the suffering of the church is happening, they're having to go underground and be secretive about it. But more and more people are turning to Jesus, holding on to him and holding his message out to others. And then in that far left portion of the 1040 window in West Africa is a small country called Senegal. And it was interesting that a few weeks ago, out of the blue, we got an email message in the church office from a man named Abel in a small village in Senegal, West Africa. And Abel sent me the picture of Jacqueline, who I shared with the children in the children's message this morning. And Jacqueline is Abel's daughter, and Abel is the pastor of a church in Senegal. And he told me that he is the son of a pastor and the grandson of a pastor. And his dad and his grandfather have died, and it's now his turn to pastor this congregation. It's called, his ministry is called Sowers of God's Word in Senegal, West Africa. And he told me about the joy that his daughter experienced when she opened up a box of gifts, and it came from people at Mount Olive Lutheran Church in Greenwood, Indiana. And he told me what a great outreach his congregation has every year when they get all of these Christmas boxes and they invite children from all of the surrounding village to come and to receive a gift, to hear the message of Jesus, and then they're invited back to Sunday school and worship services so that the gospel of Jesus may make a difference in their life. That's in the 1040 window. And though you and I may never go to a place like Senegal, by God's grace, that is where his message has reached out when we shine like stars in the universe. When we send those gifts, when we send the message of Jesus, it takes root and God is praised and his gospel is being preached to the nations. I love that, to know that right now, because of you, the gospel is reaching the nations. So what are we called to do? Well, Hebrews chapter 10 says, let's hold on. Let's hold on to Jesus and let's hold Jesus out to other people. The Hebrews says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur and motivate one another on toward love and good deeds. Let's not give up meeting together as some, unfortunately, are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day, capital D, approaching. So as we see the day of Jesus' return approaching, let us encourage one another all the more. The gospel is going to the nations to be a part of getting the good news out to other people. But he who promised is faithful. Hold on to him. So what has he promised us? Our faithful God, number one, has promised to always be with us. In Matthew chapter 28, as Jesus was commissioning his church for ministry, After he would go and ascend to the Father's right hand, he said to them, And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. One way in which you can shine like stars in the universe today is thinking about a person that you know in your life who may be lonely 
and feel abandoned and isolated. Someone that you know who needs to be reminded that Jesus Christ is with them. Who is that person? Who is that person who could benefit from a note in the mail or an email or a phone call or a visit from you during this holiday season to remind them that Jesus is with them? He has not abandoned them because surely he is with you always to the very end of the age. Our faithful God has promised that he will always be with us. So let's hold on and hold out that promise of God. Secondly, he has promised us to always provide for us, to always provide for us. Philippians chapter 4, and my God will supply all of your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. That's what Thanksgiving is all about, isn't it? To realize that God provides and supplies all that we need, that he gives us abundant blessings much more than we even need so that we can receive them with thanksgiving and we can share those blessings with other people. Janine and I got to hang this Thanksgiving banner up this week that's right here. And it says at the bottom, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. And pictured in it are some of the blessings that God gives. And, and I see the, the Bible right at the center, but then you see, you see the other, the fruit basket, you see the, the, the corn, you see the bread, you see the pumpkin, you see the, the jar, the bottle of milk. And, and, and did you notice the bananas? Yes, the bananas. God has supplied every banana that you need. He has supplied all the potassium that you need according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. And if God is going to give bananas to his people, how much more will he give forgiveness, life, and salvation to his people in Jesus Christ? Our faithful God has promised to provide for us. Let's hold on to his promise. Thirdly, he promises us, our faithful God, to always send us. Jesus said in John 20, As my Father has sent me, I am sending you. And so think about that. You will very likely never be sent 4,600 miles across the Atlantic Ocean to a small village in Senegal, West Africa. But when you pack a box not knowing where it's going, a little bit of your heart is sent to the heart of another person. And when that is packed with Jesus' love and the message of his life and salvation, the Father is sending you and sending through you his love into other people's hearts. He's sending you into your workplaces and your schools and your relationship networks. Wherever you go, he is sending you because you shine like stars, not for your glory, but for his glory. Our faithful God has promised to send us so let's hold on to his promises. And then finally, our faithful God has promised to always shine through us. What kind of stars are we going to be? One person pointed out to me several years ago that maybe it's more appropriate to say that we shine like the moon in the universe. Because the moon, where does it get its light? The moon doesn't generate the light on its own. It simply reflects the light of the sun. You see, light is not ours. Our light, our influence comes from the sun, Jesus. 
And so when we reflect who Jesus Christ is, the glory doesn't come back to us. It's not about my glory, my fame, or how many followers I have, but about Jesus' glory and Jesus' fame and how many followers Jesus has. For God has promised to always shine through us. Look at what he said in Matthew chapter. Are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. No, you gotta let it shine. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light so shine before others that they may see your good deeds and they may glorify your Father in heaven. So friends, stars, may you shine. And as you shine, hold firmly to Jesus and hold Jesus and his love out to others as you shine like stars in the universe reflecting the glory of the Lord Jesus, the light of the world. May we receive that encouragement this day from God's word. In Jesus' name, amen.